Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. I hope you're all doing well. It is episode 5. This week we are discussing the, well, I would say recent, but they are quite old now, the leaks for the next edition of Blood Bowl. And with me this time is the one and only Beard. How you doing everyone? Probably fine until we turned up. Probably. Probably, yeah. At the time being guys, we are going to be griffless because of real world problems are getting in the way. When things settle down with him, he will be back. So don't go to his Instagram page and tell him what you think of him. You can wait a couple of weeks for that. But yeah, are you looking forward to the next edition of Blood Bowl? I am. I am. I've had uh, I've had more than a good read through the uh, the leaks, and there's a lot of things that I'm liking the look of. There's a lot of things that I think they're just tweaks, and it's in the right direction. I'm looking forward to getting a few games under my belt with the new edition. Now, what about you? I'm looking forward to it, but I got a lot going on at the moment because Warcry has taken a bit of a resurgence in the club, and I got to try and get my head around a campaign for that because i'm looking to do that next year as well as playing all this new edition of blood bowl so it's going to be a fun couple of weeks couple of months as well as ongoing tournaments that's fair that's fair yeah i before we get into the main part of the podcast i think this edition this next edition now is going to be very simplified but not in a bad way it's going to be very quick for new players to pick it up it's a lot of clarifications in the leaks that we've seen so it's going to be interesting it's going to be very interesting it is and if it if it brings more people in and people pick it up quicker that can only be a good thing exactly so guys before we start i want to give a, a few shout outs so i want to give a shout out to my good friends the ginger noob and blood bowl grud over on twitter through hello high water they will always uh, give us a good shout out when uh, people are asking about podcasts to listen to it so i thank them from the bottom of my heart and i want to say thank you to shaolin chainsaw the unofficial podcast painter when we want to have pristine models and not just our amateur painting we always go to him and he always leaves us a good comment on instagram so i want to say thank you to these guys beard have you got anyone you want to shout out yeah there's a couple of shout outs i want to give first of all to my missus for putting up with my hobby sometimes taking over the entire house she puts up with a lot of stuff i want to give a shout out to everybody that's followed us on instagram and facebook we're getting more and more interactions with you all which is great we're getting more and more followers and we are going to have a little bit of a shout out session going forward for uh followers uh so if you want a shout out and you want us to chat about your work let us know we've got a couple of a uh, couple of other shout outs as well you beat me to the one for shaolin chain so i was going to give him a shout out myself thinking about having a chat with him about painting some of my stuff as well to be honest get in the line get in the line but i've got <laughs> loads of stuff you won't have time to do his own work at this right with the amount of stuff we want to send him well to be honest he is such a good painter you know he puts a lot of key into the painting so i don't mind waiting for our boy by there griff's orcs do look amazing never thought pink armored orcs would be my thing but he's he's pulled it off really really well so if if you are listening shaolin you shout out everybody else go check him out on instagram and check his work out just goes to show pimping ain't easy in it it is exactly yeah he's he pulled it off well and i gotta be honest there's not many people that could do that but he's done it there isn't we've got one more shout out as well i want to give a, a shout out to our friends over the pond at up and under as well for their ongoing blood bowl-esque fantasy saga me, me and jay are, are following along and we're we're thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it i gotta be honest i if i'm having a break from my models you know stretch the back out make a cup of tea i've always got that on my phone and yeah it's a little bit of 
of high fantasy sports drama that everyone can appreciate especially when we hobby like we do so find them on facebook and at bloodbowlstrategies.com tell them tier three sent you so they can see that we are still keeping strong for them and beard we've got some events we want to talk about we have we talked about it last time we've got the kaideed cup coming up in a couple of months time i'm still writing lists uh i picked up snotlings over the weekend which we'll come on to a bit more later on down the line uh they're now on my radar to take to that uh that's that's run by one of our friends gareth and that's gonna be run at firestorm if you haven't got your ticket already there are tickets i believe firestorm may be looking at opening up a few more tickets for that depending on how social distancing measures go in wales so if you are local and you are a listener or even if you're further afield and there's tickets look it up i believe you can find the entry requirements on talkfantasyfootball.org and just look for the kaideeth cup kaideeth cup is 10 pound if you're a NAF member 15 pound yep. if you're a non-NAF member so that's your sign up included in that then like we're gonna say don't forget it is a bring your own meal type event because it's not included in the price but it's going to be a fantastic day even if you're just turning up to see the games but hopefully you're going to be there to play we will be there i'll have my uh my tier three uh t-shirt on hopefully beard will have his by then and hopefully be spotted in the crowd is either somebody with a large beard or a large belly so it's going to be one of us it will uh, we'll both be there so you you will find us there before we go any further i want to talk about mega bowl which is run by our friends at the bonehead podcast and that's going to be on the 31st of october that's a saturday and that's going to be at entoyment in pool and what they've said is because they've missed a few events this year where they can't hand out prizes they've pushed them all into this one big event if social distancing and coronavirus gets the better of us they've worked out fumble events but they're hoping everyone's going to be there at entoyment to enjoy playing a few games because what they've said is they want two games of normal blood bowl and two games of seven so it's not just thinking about one type of game you've got to think of a list for two games which is going to be really entertaining for the list that come out and they've said throughout the day there's going to be a lot going on that needs your participation so if you are interested and if you're in the area please head on over to boneheadpodcast.com and book your tickets now but yeah do you wanted to talk about sin city i did sin city bowl it's run by our uh, two drunk flings they they have a new date it's now saturday the 6th of february 2021 liam has has updated the facebook page uh, so there's a few things if you have your ticket it's still eligible for the for the new event so you don't need to pay it's not been cancelled or anything like that in terms of lists yeah said it's all dependent so with that it's probably best to write a rule for the new set and for the old set just in case i'm probably going to make life simple for myself and take flings it's up at boards and swords up in derby uh so it's pretty much bang on middle of the uk if you follow the two drunk flings presents sin city bowl it is sold out but i know liam said he was potentially going to look at it depending on new dates so they may potentially get new more seats so if you are going to that one it is something to look out for it has been announced on facebook if you're one of our listeners and one of theirs and you've missed any announcements so we plan on going to that one i think we had that booked in better part of a year ago now yeah keep an eye on the sin city page it's sold out at the moment like we've already said but things could change in the future events event could be expanded people could drop out so be there or be square really absolutely and i think that's it for events at the moment isn't it? It, it is on on what's on my radar just before we go into the kickstarter part i want to say thank you to firestorm 
again for our affiliate link and that's going to be in the notes below so if you guys are looking to stock up whether it's on paints paintbrushes models books lego if you have got a fetish for pokemon or if you really like rubbing your wand thinking of harry potter head on over to firestorm games with the affiliate link make a purchase and we get a little bit of a kickback so that means we can put more for you guys and then that will lead me on to reminding you guys about our giveaway that ends at 30th of september and what we asked was create your own hybrid team so we've had a few emails dropped in and i think that's it so beard this is your kickstarter part of the show take it away so Kickstarters then, they've been few and far between this month in individual teams. So I've gone about and had a, I've had a scout about for other Blood Bowl associated things that we might be interested in. And I know a lot of us, me especially, are a bit of a magpie when it comes to dice. So this month's Kickstarter is a dice special. So the first ones I found are the Enigram Stroke Mosquito in Amber RPG Dice and Bonus Sets. And this is brought to you by Enrica Martin. And this is personality RPG dice sets. Now, yes, it's RPG dice. However, these are some stunning looking dice. They're all amber-esque and marble dice. And there's nine different color themes you can choose from depending on character traits. And I think some of these will look nice with uh, certain Blood Bowl teams as well. Because some of the dice in there, they've got... Uh, They've got a D20, they've got D12s, D6s, and you can actually order from them just D6s, part of the pledges. So got all sorts of different themes. You can choose whether you want the numbers inked in or not. So you can really delve deep down and make these unique to how you want them. Some of the colours on these are stunning. My missus actually looked at these and she said that she might actually throw some money at this just to have some pretty dice. They've even got themed ones. So they've got some, uh, should we say, Breaking Bad themed dice. They've got some It Clown Blood themed dice. And they've got some yin and yang black and white dice as well. They've also got add-ons as well. So they've got a dice vault. So a, a lovely little box, your polyhedral dice. So there is there is a, a fair few on there. They've got some uh, some new dice themes for, uh, for extra unlock goals as well. Set of horse ball axe or something like that, is it? Pretty much. Uh, now with this one, looking at the pledge, it's more than smashed its goal. And it's got 24 days to go as well. So this one will still be live by the time this, this episode goes out. So if dice is your thing, if you like your pretty dice, this is one to go look at. What do you think about that one, Jay? Well, I think it's nice. Now, the next set I've spotted are Polyhedral Dice Set 7 Egyptian Dice. And again, these are an RPG-style dice set. These, If you play Kemri, or whatever the new name that Games Workshop may give their Egyptian-themed team... Tomb Kings? Tomb Kings. Or as you all know, the uh, the, the Punga Kickstarter that we've jumped on, there was a rather nice-looking uh, Egyptian-themed team on there. These dice would go absolutely lovely with it. Blue and gold. Don't bring up Punga, but I, I'm hurt at the moment of the fact that everyone's talking about vampires and Tomb Kings at the moment are going to be not in Blood Bowl next edition, so I feel I feel hurt by that one. Let's carry on. Sorry. Now, with this one, they've got D4, 6, 8, 10, D100s, D12s, D20s, and they have Pharaoh-themed dice. They have dice bags. They've got one of the little clip leather dice trays that I know you're a fan of. Uh, they've got an Ihorus bag. They've also got some dice boxes as well. They've got a Scarab dice box, and I love the anubis jar dice box as well now you can get a set of the dice for 12 pounds and then going upwards they have various other things for 35 pounds where you get the tray a set of the one set of egyptian dice and the dice box i think is 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 an absolute bargain i'd be 
tempted by that myself or if you've got lots of money 120 pounds you can have two full sets of the seven dice dice tray dice bag both dice boxes uh two sets of d6 pharaoh dice so that's i believe 18 dice looking at the picture maybe more as well as a roll-up mat as well and it, it does these look really really nice if you're into your themed dice like i am with a lot of my projects these would really fit tomb kings and now these only have eight days to go so these will be done by the time this is uh this goes live but they might have a late pledge so if you can find a late pledge and this is your sort of thing it was funded in an hour so it more than smashed its target and this is brought to you by triple ace games limited what do you uh what do you think to those i like the look of them it's like you said it's good if you've got a themed team a nice little set it looks very well made well the demos do at least i haven't seen like the, the stuff they're sending out to other people but yeah personally for me i don't understand why they're big in the big set why where you can get the scarab boxes and the bags because if you've got a bag why would you want a scarab box and if you want a scarab box why would you want a bag it seems like you're crowding too much in but that's down to the collector at the end of the day in there so it is it is I, I get what you mean though but i i think that's a lovely set i think the uh the rollout mat's really nice yeah now that i've i've brought you some dice why not have a dice bag to go with it so customized convertible dice bags if you look that up on kickstarter it is brought to you by better games uh b-e-t-t-a games and they have crocheted dice bags and these they're not so expensive uh crocheted dice bags and they actually pull out into a, a mini crocheted dice tray that's cushioned as well so you don't get the thuds of the dice on the table and you, you keep all your dice in a little handy place have you got to knit these yourself then no they come knitted and they're machine washable and they fit apparently fit in your pocket as well i don't care then if i don't knit it myself i don't care it doesn't feel like i'm doing a hobby <laughs> actually i say that i can't knit for fucking love no money i'd have to ask the missus and i don't think she Either, but... Neither can mine. The last time my missus tried, one of our cats ran off with a wall and we never saw it again. So, And that was a lovely sidetrack story. It is. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't silly expensive. $20, about £15 for a single coloured bag. About £19 for a double coloured bag. They go up to three colours. You know, it's a nice little uh, little side uh, customisable piece to have. And if you've got anything you want us to talk about, whether it's dice bags, or whether you've got your handmade dice, look at the guys from Up and Under. They, they had an online story and it illustrate the story on top of that because they're both award winners get in contact with us we will shout it out we will add it to the collection of things to, to do to want and to listen to and to read and i think that's the end of the kickstarter section isn't it Matt? it is for this month gamble on that one but with all the dice i hope everyone enjoyed it so right yeah what we've we done we've done shout outs we've done kickstarters we've done events we've mentioned to everyone that griff has deserted us so i think that's the opening segment done it is indeed i think that calls for a break it does it calls for a break and then when we come back we're going to talk over new things we found in the leaks that we want to talk about see you after the break So welcome back from the break. We're now going to dive into the uh, meat and gravy of this week's episode, which is us having a chat about our thoughts on the new rulebook, some of the clarifications, some of the changes, some of the things we like, some of the things we dislike, some of the things we're going to find really useful, and some things that just make a lot more sense. I know there's a few things that I've made notes on. I know there's a few things Jay's made notes on. We are going to try go through the book in order, but we might bounce around here and there. So there's, there's, there's a few things we're going to cover at this point, Jay. Should we start with uh, starting up a game? Yeah. 
yeah, we can start with that. Basically, I know I know you said we got the book. We haven't got the book. We've got the leak pages. Don't want anyone thinking that we got an inside track. From what I can see of, of the leak pages, it seems to be a lot more clarifications in it. It seems, to, I don't want to say dumb it down, but it seems to have made, laid it out for everybody to understand. It seems to be a lot more rules as intended rather than rules as written. Nullify some more of the rules, lawyers, shall we say, because every game has them. We've all played those games where something should be a simple answer and it's not and then you spend 25 minutes arguing about this that and the other and it makes no sense to anybody and you could just roll a dice to find out who's right and I, I, I find that with this if sat and I think they've probably had a lot of feedback from people on the NAF circuit people playing on Fumble people playing online on Blood Bowl 2 rule sets are almost the same and people playing in store so i think they've just made it just that little bit like you say clearer and yeah it's more in layman's terms rather than oh well if this happens you need to observe this rule and then you go look at that rule and you say well if this happens you observe that rule and you're flicking between 14 different pages to find out what happens whereas now it just seems a lot clearer yeah and it's like to me it's it's the simple things that they've cleared up as well it's like because we've all had that game in the club where people are like well i don't understand the throw in from the corner or which square do you start when you're throwing it throwing it in from the crowd and they've basically they've set it out as clear as crystal for anybody like a five-year-old could understand it so i think well done on them because they're trying to make it easy for everybody and some of it is similar to what we got now some of it is going to be a change i'm not gonna say it's a big change it's a it's just new so it's just new ways of looking at the game so I'm quite uh, happy about it. But like we said, it's the thing's similar. You still set up your team the same. You still you still got to pick your your uh, cheerleaders, your apothecaries, uh, you know, as well as the actual team. You still got certain you know certain things you got to have set up ready to start the game. So absolutely, there's there's too many changes in terms of roster values and things like that for us to go through under everything at this point. I think we probably will come back to those at later points. Yeah. In 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 future episodes. But again, it's the same principle of you set a team up, whether you're in a league or whether you're in an exhibition, and you 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 have a pre-agreed amount that your roster's going to cost. As we said, you buy your players, you buy your off-the-pitch accessories, so like you say, your cheerleaders, your coaches, your apothecaries. All the rest of us call them staff. Yeah, staff. And then you're getting ready to start a game, basically. And there's there is a few things that have that have changed. So the first one is 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 down to team value and current team value. Now they have clarified this a little bit. The way that they've they've worked this, your team value is your overall value. It's all your players plus your staff, but you don't include your fans and your treasury. So it's basically you're adding up all what you intend to use. So it's like if you've said if you've started a league, say with with goblins and you've bought you know 16 players all those players get added up and create your overall team value but like we all know as you get further into a, a league you can get a few casualties and by the look of the way they've set this up now with all the d16 stuff it's going to be a lot of miss next games so mm. i think because they've made that more of an issue they've had to cre- create the current team value which is all your players and staff available minus the miss next go- next game people yep. and then that's the one then that you've got to use to work out petty cash and everything for your inducements so funny enough i think i might have gone a bit overboard on this just to prove a point i've created two teams and what i've done with these then is going to explain the new fifth part of setting up a game which would be the praise because we know fans are the same we know the weather chart is the same you still take on journeyman if you're down on players and we know and they're still the same where they get 
the loner rule. You still get your inducements, because like I said, we've worked it out. And then you get the praise. But we'll go over that in a minute. So, do you want to hear my two teams? Go for it. If, it. if it helps clarify things, go for it. Right. So we've got the Flings, the best team in all of Blood Bowl, versus Ogres, because I thought we only just done them, and they would be a good point to show differences in inducements. Like, and don't get me wrong, these are by no means competitive. These are probably naff, really. So, what we said is, I got six hopeful two hefty, two catches, two trees, three rerolls, and an apothecary. So I'm left with 140,000 gold, but my TV is 860,000. That's my flings. My ogres, I said three ogres, one rent punter, eight noblars, two rerolls, and an apothecary. And they turned my team value to 875,000. Sounds relatively straightforward at the moment doesn't it yep so that means because the ogres have got the higher team value to make up the difference use the pet you use the petty cash then to add to the treasury basically i'll have a hundred fifty-five thousand to spend on inducements then what we've done is i bought a chef because every good fling team needs a chef and then that changes their current team value to 960,000 because you include the inducements. So for any further part in this game, because I haven't bought anything with the Ogres, they've got the lower team value, which makes them the underdog. And as we know, the underdog can, for, for every 50,000 gold they're under, can have a Praise and Nuffle. And yeah, do you want to clarify what a Praise and Nuffle is? Yep, so for every 50,000 full gold pieces difference in your current team value, you get to roll a D16. Games Workshop are trying to flog that D16 that they kept selling us in the old dice sets that we rarely used. They're making use out of it now. Uh, and results come into the start of the effect at the next drive. So the one that starts straight away. Um, now, some of these go for the entire game. Some just last the drive. And there's, there's 16 different prayers. There's six... Well... We're not going to run through all 16 because I'm sure you'd like to have a read through some of them yourself. I've, I've, Do you want to pick three or four? Funnily enough, I've got a few that I, I like that I'm going to either be using or there's a few that I think might mess around with my game plan. So the first one is a roll of a six, which is bad habits. Randomly select D3 opposition players that are available to play in this drive that don't have loner until the end of the drive. They have loner on a two plus. So that could really upset some players. Uh, you've also got number eight, which is blessed statue of nothing. Choose one player on your team that's available to play during this drive. Doesn't have loner rule. And they're game pro. Thought you'd like that one because I know you like pro everywhere. Number 11, fan interaction. So for this drive, a player on your team causes a casualty by pushing a opponent into the crowd. Two star player points. As if they've caused a casualty themselves. So the fans are helping you get involved. I've got number 13, fouling frenzy which is one that I like. So any player on your team that causes a casualty with a foul action earns two-star player points. Now, to me, that one is a big one for people that run a lot of fouls. So if you're in your halflings, you're running goblins, any team where you're thinking dirty player is going to be used and you're, you're getting foul happy, you've bought bribes, foul frenzy is the one that you want to get. And then... Yeah, but you've got to, you've got to remember that this is a very random chart. So a lot of them oh, would is. be helpful for, the, say, goblins and snotlins and that type of play, but it can't guarantee that you're going to get it. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. But I, these are just ones that I think if it came up with a certain team or if it came up with a certain play style and you got it, I think it would either really, really help or it really, really hinder. The last one I looked at was Under Scrutiny again, which is another one for uh, following. So until the end of this half, 
Any player on the opposing team that commits a foul is automatically seen by the referee, even if a natural double is not rolled. So if your opponent gets foul happy and you roll under scrutiny, they're going to get seen every single time. So they're going to have to burn through them bribes or they may end up getting a fair few players sent off this half. So those are ones that I like, or the, the ones that I think could change some players' gameplay. What about you? Is there any ones that you've seen that you like the look of or you think could, don't want to say be game breakers, but could cause a few people to have to change their play style? Well... To be honest, out of was it you just named five? Yep. Four of them I was going to talk about. Ah, so we were obviously thinking about along the same lines. Yeah, it was blessed statue, fouling frenzy, bad habits, and under scrutiny. Mm. My other one was intense training, which I thought, considering you've rolled high, you get a really good blessing from Nuffle at that point, which is you gain for that game only an extra single primary skill of your choice. So you don't even have to make it random. You can just choose anyone that you want as long as you long as it's your primary which i think if you manage a roll of 16 and you are on the lower end that helps you out hell of a lot and a lot of them like you said are end of a drive end of half end of game but they're all they're all got their own little quirk which is very blood bowl nuffle is a madman i gotta be honest but the other one we didn't talk about was throw a rock which i'm kind of glad it's not on the kickoff event anymore and it's not as bad as what it was twitter is cracking for me because i hear a lot of people after game and one thing i i hear that everybody hating is that player that stalls and we'll go over what a stalling action is after but it does tell us what a stall is and now with throw a rock you've got a chance to really fuck him up a bit that's until the end of this drive should an opposing player stall uh then their team roll a d6 on a five plus an angry fan throws a rock at the player the player is immediately knocked down that's going to mess him up that's dropping the ball as it bouncing away frees you up a bit and it's absolutely madness and i love it I think uh, the Nuffle table is probably one of the best things they've added to this edition, and I can't wait to be using it. Being tier 3 team, I can always see myself being in a position where I'm going to choose whether am I going to want a blessing, or am I going to opt for a wizard, or am I going to put myself under value so I can have the wizard and a prayer it's given us that extra dimension now haven't it i know prayers are random but it is i know a lot of the time when i'm playing blood bowl 2 online you get down to fifty thousand gold pieces left over and you say i'm playing flings is it even worth me taking a budweiser keg is it even worth it now these things for fifty thousand gold on the on the prayers enough or some of these if it goes in your favor could be worth so much more than that fifty thousand gold so that choosing a single skill the throw a rock like you say if you if you're playing against the team that is slow moving and your opponent is a staller that's a one in three chance of of that guy going down or again if you're looking at the ones that get extra star player points for doing certain actions it's an easy way to get your players built up so i think for fifty thousand gold piece i think this is a nice little addition and it's something that i think they've kept the original ethos of blood bowl going of blood bowl is a bit nuts we all pray enough all that everything goes our way and this table just adds to that i think yeah so guys just to clarify we've got five things we got to look at when we start in a, a game which is your fan factor the weather journeyman if needed inducements so you've got to look at your petty cash once you've done your inducements you've got to work out your current team value which is all members of your team plus your staff minus any any players that are missing your game and then you want to work out who's the underdog and choose if you can afford it a prayer to nuffle so i hope you guys have read them and if you have read them 
please tell us which is your favorite and i think that's it we gotta go on to the kickoff event now so i think a lot of these have been kept similar is a, a few rewordings but it's what we know already beard what do you think i think you're absolutely right i think there's, there's a few where i think quick snap i think that's the big one where not the whole team changes again blitz where you have d3 plus three players uh well you saved those two right did you know they swapped them round quick snap was 10 blitz was a nine and they've swapped them round as well as making them d3 plus three hmm, maybe maybe they were finding one was coming up more often than the other and that it was having a big bigger impact yeah well i always found blitz really easy to get and you get that a lot of the time or cheering fans depending on how bad your dice were but just to go through it in case uh, anybody's wondering, uh, a two is get the ref, which is bribes. So that's the same. The th- number three is timeout. Uh, it was riot, but it's effectively the same moves you turn on. Solid defense. It now is per- was perfect defense, but it affects D3 plus one player now rather than changing your whole team. Uh, D3 plus three players. Oh, D3 plus three. I do apologize. Sorry, I don't understand my own writing. They all seem to be D3 plus three on this table. So you're guaranteed three and up to six. So you're guaranteed roughly a quarter of your team. Half your team, I would say. Is he, is... It's between four and six. So you're guaranteed between a third and just over half your team will move, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it frees, frees up enough players to make a difference. Yeah. High kick is unchanged. Cheering fans is a D6 instead of a D3. So that's been changed a bit. Brilliant coaching and changing weather is the same. Uh, Quick snap and blitz we've talked about as a D3 plus three players. But effectively, it's the same rule. It's just half really the number of people you can use. They've now added officious ref, which I do like this one. Have you read this one yet? I have. and I I really like this one. I I, I do. I think this one could... uh... This could really fuck you up. Yeah, but it's again, it's it's random. So it's you know, you're talking both players rolling a d6 and adding your fan factor. So you've got randomness there. Then you've got a d6, a d11 roll because it's players on the pitch, and it's you roll a d6 for the the effective player. So again, it's random, and it's on a one in six that they'll be uh, it, two plus they become stunned because basically the referee has got sick of them and giving a good poke in the eye. And on a one, the player gets sent off. So it, there's a lot of randomness into it, but it could, like you say, fuck things up if that happens to fall on your war dancer or on your one last runner because your other runner's missing next game, things like that. You know, it- It's shocking, but it's very Blood Bowl at the same time. It's one of the ones that, let's be honest, you will swear to Nuffle if you get it. Because you know that Nuffle is just shafting you well and truly. But you will piss yourself when your opponent gets it. Oh, absolutely. And we all know that it's going to happen to someone in their first game of the new edition. And their their player that they've sort of planned all their players around, it happens to them. Game one, and that's it. They're done. They've had enough. You know, imagine if this crops up multiple times in a game and you're seeing three and four players sent off. That could be... I know it's highly unlikely to happen, but it, it's one of those things that, like you say, Nuffle is a very fickle mistress. If Nuffle decides you're not going to win before you start, you're not going to win no matter what happens. Let's not sing the praises of that too much. I'll have a drink of tea in a minute before the cat attacks me. Right, Pitch Invasion. Again, it's both coaches. 
So it's d6 plus your fan factor, and the lowest got to roll d3 random players. So you've got to, first of all, you've got to roll a d3 to see how many players, then you've got to roll for 11 players to see which ones get stunned. And if you're on a draw, the pay of you have got to do it. So that's another very random one, but it is similar to what we used to have. It's just a lot less people are going down. Because Beard, we've had this in the game, and you can tell everybody how many times. I have ended up having to put down the majority of my team. Yep. It fucks me up every time, so I am so glad it's gone. Yeah, I think the fact that it's limited down to D3, it's a big, big change is that one. Yeah, we've seen it, like you say, we've seen it a few times playing each other where the game has been a very, very even game, and then it comes half-time, this happens, and half your team's down, and then start your next turn. There's a cage already moving past you, and you're you're on the back foot. And the fact that it's down to D3, it just means that it's a little less of a fuck up on your entire team. So I think it's it, it's still bad. Don't get me wrong, because if it's the, if it, if you only have three players on the line of scrimmage and it gets those three players, it's not a great start. But then at the same time, you know, if it's players that are at the back of the field it's not so bad so i i think the main thing you're saying is it's only d3 players yeah it's not i'm gonna roll this person oh he's down he's down he's down because i still remember our last game where both my trees were down and i think it was sounding like six hopefuls yep and i had just hefties trying to catch up with the rest of the team it was not doing very good i was just lucky you were flings as well so you were slow as shit as well yeah but if it was like, say, I was playing Chaos, or if I was playing Elves, I would have been fucked. I would have just had to let the score go, like, and then that could have lost me the game completely. But still feels like it's enough to get you to groan and moan, but not enough to, for you to fear that you've lost the game because of it. So that's something I like about it. And the other thing I like about uh, what they've done with the kickoff stuff is they've actually clarified who your kicker should be as well because we all know the kicker couldn't be on the line of scrimmage and it couldn't be in your wide zone but i think a lot of people forgot forgot that so it's actually put it in big old writing at the bottom where your kicker should be so yep. i kind of like it's uh, made it easier for people so anything to make it easy for people i like absolutely so we're gonna go now into movement so we've set we've set up our team we've prayed an effort we've kicked the kicked off and now we're into say movement and it's going to be a bit obvious you move your players exactly the same if they move five they only move five squares if they move more they move them more that's straightforward nothing has changed there nothing to moan about the only thing really they've changed which was no need really was they've changed go for it into rushing I don't know whether it's to make it more NFL-esque. Yeah. The only other thing with movement is they've now created the ability to jump down players, which I think changes the game hell of a lot. Sometimes we've used down players as a roadblock to make your defensive line a little bit bigger because yep. nobody could get past it. But now we have the ability to bypass that that defense by jumping over players. So Bia, do you want to explain that to people? Yep. So And I'll just butt in. Yeah, of course. So this applies to all players. So during your movement phase, uh, a moving player can jump over a single adjacent square that is occupied by either 
stunned or a downed player into an unoccupied square beyond. Now, it is a case of you are moving in a straight direction, so there's no sort of moving in, in from a corner and then to go straight forward. You are going in a straight line over that player. With that in mind, you do an, you do an agility test. So if you need to, if you rush as part of your movement, you rush becomes first before any other rolls. They have clarified that under the Russian rules. And there are negative modifiers, either in the play you're jumping from or the play you jump into, whichever is greatest. So if you find that there's two players marking you in the square you're jumping from, but one marking the square you're jumping into, it's a minus two. But if you find that there is one player marking the play you're jumping from and two players marking where you're jumping to, it's the minus two. So which, whichever is greatest, be square being marked, that is the modifier you apply. Yes. The other thing they've clarified in the rules is even though you are, if you're marked and you're jumping from a marked position over a player, is you don't dodge. No, and I think that's because you're already doing an agility test. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're doing two types of agility then, I know, because you're having to dodge out and then jump, but you really are just jumping from the square you're in over another player. Yeah. They have, cl- they have clarified that just for people not to argue about it, which I think is good. Absolutely. What they've said then is if you fail on a one you are failing from the square you're jumping from so if it's a one and you need to say a three you're following face down in the square that you were in originally and if it's a two plus and you failed it's the other side of the player so you've made the jump but you've stumbled over the body on the way down absolutely and i think that is the majority and i think there's probably a few skills that will make it a bit harder or a few skills that will make it easier but we will go over that later on so after that we got blitz actions are the same picking up the balls are the same don't change a classic on saying that passing the ball has changed now correct me if i'm wrong passing now has become its own stat as we've all known and if you follow me on twitter i have changed because i hated the fact that they changed the, the roster and it looked disgusting and messy i have now said do you know what i like how they've clarified it and i like how passing now isn't just an easy agility role i will open my hand up i knee jerked hating it but i have found a new love for it Passing is his own skill, like I've already said. So as you can see on the rosters, throwers are generally two plus, and then non-throwers can be ranging from a four plus, a five plus, or they have no passing skill whatsoever. When you throw it, throw in the ball, you've got to measure as it normally is. So we've got a quick pass, a short pass, a long pass, and a long bomb. Each of these now have uh, modifiers on that throw. So a quick pass doesn't doesn't change. That's the only one that doesn't have a modifier. But a short pass has a minus one. A long pass has a minus two. And a long a bomb has a minus three. Say you've got a well, pro elf thrower. Don't quote me on this, but I believe they are a two plus pass. But they want to throw a long bomb to try and win the game. Technically, that's done on a five plus. It's not just a straight two, two plus or three plus roll. So I do like the way they balanced out the passing game. So it's open to everyone. And then, as per usual, it's a minus one if your player is being marked. And then, upon doing this now, they have changed throw-in now. So it's not just accurate and a fumble. It's an accurate, inaccurate, wildly inaccurate, and a fumble. So to clarify, inaccurate is a, is a pass test. 
or natural six, that will hit its target. And inaccurate is a failed test, but it's not a natural one or a modded one. So that could be a three plus on a five plus throw. A wildly inaccurate is a failed test, but it's only a one after modifiers. So if you fail it and the modifiers take it down to a one, it's not a natural one, so it's classed as a wildly inaccurate. A fumble is a fail on a natural one. And that also affects if, say you've got a zombie lineman who doesn't have a throw ability. If he tries to throw it, it's a fumble. So it drops at his feet. That makes sense because they haven't got any passing skills. Do you follow me, Beard? I follow you absolutely. It makes perfect sense. So there's, there's there seems to be more this could potentially go wrong, but it's not, like you said, it's clarifications of what happens to the dice rolls, which makes more sense. Yes. You could have failed tests, but the ball is still travelling in a direction. Yeah. It's not just, it's either it's passed or it's down at your feet. Anyway, after that then, we have got the interference stage. So like before, if you are measuring a distance and you think, I can pass that, but the range ruler covers a play player or if there's a player directly in the line of the throw, that player can make an interference. What they will do now, they will try this test on an agility test. It's classed as a deflection until you try and catch it, which is a separate role. So they've split this this action into two. So once you've thrown the pass and you find out what the pass is like, that can make a difference to the interference. What you will need to do then, if it's an accurate pass it's a minus three modifier to you catching the ball if it's an inaccurate it's minus two a wildly inaccurate is a minus one and it's a minus one if you were marked that helps it's not just a straight agility it's agility with modifiers which adds a little bit of drama to the game catching now after that is its own agility role so you only use the passing skill for throwing the ball catching is back to agility a handoff or accurate pass is no mods and they have clarified again handoff is not a pass it's just a catch and then if you're going to try and catch if somebody is try to intercept it it's a minus one a bouncing ball is a minus one catching a ball thrown by the crowd is a minus one and a scatter ball and a player marking so it's the same as what it normally is so if somebody's around you is a minus one if the crowd has thrown it in it's not supposed to be th thrown to you it's just thrown into the pitch and if it's trying to be intercepted it makes it harder because there's other people's fingers all over it so beard do you like what they've done with the passing game now i do there's there's a lot more to the rules but again it clarifies a lot more situations so like you said there's modifiers for people being around you like we've seen a prime example of, of how they've changed it is look at when you see a line out when it comes to rugby two teams are there they throw somebody up and there's how many players trying to get their hands on the ball if you're the catching player you're not you're going to struggle to get it because there's that many other hands around it and that makes perfect sense yeah you know, i i think they've they've clarified everything really well they've shown you examples of what every modifier is and how how it affects for each situation as well i really like the clarifications on this i'm i'm a big fan of this when the leaks first dropped i had a, a flick through the pages and and when you first do your first scan you think there's a lot of bloat but it's not it's just there's more ease of if, if xyz scenario happens this is what you do this is the modifiers they've clarified natural ones and modified ones and that they have different results in terms of what happens in game i love that i think it's great 
Let's go into beer to everything, and that's throw teammates. This is uh, something that I try to do as often as possible. I played a game a little bit earlier today online. It was Halflings versus Kislev. Turns eight and 16. I managed successful throw teammate touchdowns, which I don't think I've ever done that late in each half. So with throw teammate and the target square, again, doesn't have to be occupied, so you can aim it directly at opposing players. And again, you have a quality of your throw again. So you roll your D6 to see if it's a good throw or not. And again, you resolve the throw. You can only do up to a quick throw or a short throw. So it's only up to six squares as it is at the moment. Right. So test for qualities then. So quick throw. So throwing up to three squares is no modifier. Throwing four to six squares is a minus one modifier. And again, if you are marked when you're making the throw, at minus one modifier for every player that is marking your thrower with superb throws so if you roll a natural six the throw is superb and the thrown player will find it easier to land so with a superb throw you're actually helping your landing player with a successful throw player will will find it harder to land if the passing ability test is failed and it still travels yep a superb throw is a pass yep a successful throw throw is still a throw with the scatter it doesn't help you landing but it's still traveling in a direction it's not just i've picked him up i've thrown him or i've picked him up and he's landing back at my feet absolutely and then you've got your terrible throw so if roll your pass ability you roll a one after modifiers your thrown player scatters from your thrower uh, and with fumble throws these are if you roll a natural one or if the player performing the throw teammate has a blank passing ability it's automatically fumbled so with that player is dropped and bounced from the square occupied by the player performing the action after which they must attempt to land and in terms of landings then so if it was a superb throw there is zero modifier to your agility test if it's fumbled it's minus one if it's successful again it's minus one if it's a terrible throw it's minus two so as we said you can still make a successful throw but it's not great and they'll still have a modifier and again in the square you're landing into there's a minus one modifier for every player marking so this is where sometimes when you're throwing players and you sit there and you look at how many players are marking in in, in my instance with half how many players are marking your treatment how many players are along the backfield you have to sit and consider are they going to actually land this or not now with an agility uh, agility test or if the role is a natural six the thrown player will land safely and is considered to have moved voluntarily if the agility test is failed they land badly and will follow over if they have the ball a turnover and as it is at the moment if they don't have the ball they just kiss the dirt and your turn carries on yes but you have failing to see one of the biggest pros now of throw teammate and you kind of missed him and i'm kind of guessing you wouldn't read him next but in case you missed it did you read the crash landing bit no well that's the bit that i've got my notes on next actually crash landing if you read it it says if the thrown player was prone or stunned or had lost a tackle of sorts they cannot attempt a safe landing so it does means that even if they were down you could still throw them yep it's, it's something to bear in mind and i think it's for me it's one of the fun aspects of blood bowl as well yes even if you were playing somebody who's a halfling player or say a snapping player and you've got most of them eating dirt be aware in the next edition that they are still going to throw them dick first into your face I think that's amazing I don't know what that made my day when I read Crash Landing because that meant to me most of my players that are eating dirt around my treatment are going to be useful because they were they're going to be off the pitch anyway they would be dead at some point but they, they're just making free bombs now aren't they yeah absolutely that that's made me a very very happy boy <laughs> other than that blitz actions are the same like we said they've 
clarified pushing players so it's you don't chain a push unless there's no empty spaces around the player if there's any empty uh, spaces they've got to be filled first i think that's been clarified i think we all were on the same page with that and i think the next changes were in the armor and injury roles yeah so here now they are saying about what the injury roles are when if they happen in the game same as usual you get stunned on a two to seven you get knocked out on eight to nine ten is a casualty one thing i do like about the leaks and i will say is they've clarified the changes just for stunty players as well so you will see the difference where it's not just you having to remember it it's they in black and white that it is a difference on the table and um, this it, they clarified the injury by the crowd how that doesn't affect any spp but it still can happen and then we go on to the casualty table and like we've said before casualty table is a d16 so i think a lot of it is going to be miss next game if we're on about law of averages is that what you would say as well beard or i would you're looking at what seven and nine so that's seven eight and nine uh ten eleven twelve 13 and 14 so you got what eight there out of 16 so 50 percent roll on the casualty table is missing next game add on your two for dead so what 10 out of 16 is going to be missing the next game or permanently missing so yeah you've got a higher chance now of players missing at least one game but it's less dice to roll to work out oh is it this is it that simple one dice you know what it is now Oh yeah, before we get too lost in there, 1-6 is a badly hurt where the player suffers no long-term effects but he misses the rest of the game. 7-9 is he is hurt but he is missing the next game. 10-12 is a niggling injury plus a miss next game. 13-14 is a lasting injury, so this is a characteristic reduction and a miss next game. And 15-16 is a dead. That is proper dead niggling injuries now seems to be what they are pushing that's going to be the one that everyone's going to watch out for now because that's if that player then gets attacked again it's not just it's not just you get hurt you get a plus one modifier to any any role on the casualty table so it could take you into uh lasting injuries or characteristic yep. reductions and or it could push you into dead but it's it's giving you a negative that you've got to watch out for so you've got to make that choice and do you risk it or do you fire the player or absolutely and and i think that that niggling injury now especially with the plus one modifier like you say you've got that gamble of do you fire the player do you not because i know a lot of people if their players are stat busted depending on how leveled up the player is they may get rid of them after that now we've got characteristic reductions which is the lasting injury which has got its own little table now one to two it's a head injury so it's minus one armor value minus one movement is three which is a smash knee a broken arm is a minus one on the passing neck injury is a minus one agility and a dislocated shoulder is minus one strength so i'm guessing a lot of people will be getting a minus one movement or minus one passing i would say that's about the law of averages a lot of players will be pushed i think if you build up a few injuries over the season to not be able to pass so that could affect a dimension of the game beard have you got any thoughts on this no i i think you're absolutely right there i think law of averages uh movement or a, or a passing is going to be the big the big change there i think that's it's going to be as simple as that again i like the clarification but then you've got the the armor value is is a one in three chance so i think the armor value itself as which one of those will change most will be that and that again will bring 
getting more results on the casualty table. So I think I definitely think they're trying to move to a case of more injuries more often, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think when people play Blood Bowl, more, I would say, for probably the first couple of games, people tend to remember injuring the opponent or being injured, I would say, is a big thing. And then once you've gone in you've and started understanding the basics, that's when you start remembering you were good plays and the touchdowns that come after it. But I think it's a way of keeping the momentum for that the newcomer. It's, you know, saying, oh, look, this is what could happen if you play the smash game and you could like be pushing people for these type of changes i think it's a, a nice simple way of keeping everyone on the same page nobody's going to be left scratching their head at the end of it i agree with that so i'm going to move on to stalling now we spoke in the nuffle table about throw rock which was if a player is stalling you could throw a rock at them. I think on a 5 plus minute or a 4 plus. 5 plus. 5 plus. But they've clarified what stalling is. In GW's eyes, stalling has got to be, you've got to follow me on all these pointers, but yeah, you've got to be open so you've not got any uh, tackle zones around you. You've got to be holding the ball. If you move, you don't need to dodge or leap or anything like that. You've got to be able to move into the end zone without rushing or dodging. So you've got four things you've got to look out for. One of the biggest bugbears for a lot of people, and this happened in my game earlier, I know I touched on it about me getting turn 8 and turn 16 throw teammate touchdowns. Had my opponent stalled on either of those, probably wouldn't have happened and I would have lost that game for sure. I know it's long been said about going for a 2-1 grind or a 1-0 grind depending on whether you're kicking or receiving first you know and, and I think those grind games we're going to see less of them because people will be concerned about the negative modifiers and negative things that happen when you stall I think people will be very conscious of just get the ball over the line guarantee the score worry about defense afterwards yeah going on from that now leaks have said at the end of the drive now you've got your usual sequence where you've got to recover knocked out players technically the drive ends so if you've got any secret weapons on the pitch you've got to take them take them off uh what they've said is if they were on the field they are sent off as if they committed a foul and unless you want to argue the call or bribe the ref you've got to try and fight that way so i think play secret weapons you've got to have a few bribes in your back pocket otherwise they're not going to see the end of the game and you restart the game then until end of the second half they've said about the aftermath sequence your player advancement and there's some changes to player advancement so as we know uh, your touchdowns are the same because that's the three your passing is the same oh i say passing is the same beard do you want to announce what's new with passing well if you get a superb throw teammate action that's one star player point exactly throw teammate is not just a fun little thing now you can actually get star player points for this so you can like it's going to be a rare occasion but you, you can get those extra star players on passing interference they've brought one star player point for deflection so just getting a hand to the ball and stopping it and two for a full interception so again again it's just you're you're part successful so you get something for it yeah we've come to the end of a game sequence now beard do you want to cut it there now and then next episode we will go over spending star player points and we can go over the skill trees then as well so we can see what our favorite skills are and it gives us something to talk about next month i think we should so we're going to go to a break now and when we come back we're just going to have a little hobby hang out and chat about ongoing projects
Right then, guys, this is the end of the show. So before we get into that, I just want to say again, thank you to everyone that listens. Thank you to everybody that interacts with us on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. Don't forget, you've gone to the end of this month to enter the competition, which is design your own mixed teams. I think we've covered it all with ABED. Don't forget, go and read Up and Under, the high fantasy sports drama. Spread the love. Spread the word and spread the love. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have a little chat about our hobby. And we're going to say what we've got on the hobby desk, as it were. Not so much now because I've had to clear my hobby desk to put the uh, microphone up. But we're going to talk about hobby, what we got planned for the next couple of weeks. Share the, the hobby love. And if you guys want to get involved, you can share your hobby progress with us on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can sh- uh, spread it on Facebook. Beard, are you going to remember to shout these people out as well? I am indeed. Tell our listeners what's on the hobby desk and what's your plans for the next couple of weeks. So I went out yesterday morning on release day and bought myself a Snotlings team, dice and spike. I didn't bother with the pitch because I have a lovely pitch. I'm going to give a shout out to JB Fantasy Fields. I haven't had a chance to use my new pitch yet. So I've built all of my Snotlings. I'm thinking about only putting two Snotlings per pump wagon. That way I have an extra two Snotlings off each one. So I'll have an extra four for the riotous rookie rules. So I'll have an extra four Snotlings if I need them. Uh, They're going to get primed tomorrow in grey. I've decided that I'm going to go with some very primary colours on the clothing, just as if they've nicked clothing off washing lines and off other fans on the way in. I've got some Carcaradons for my 40k. I've got a few more primed and just mould lines cleared up and things. I've made a start on an old fire raptor that i've had kicking about for the last five years or so i've ripped it to bits started filing bits down and i'm gonna start filling gaps and gonna have it rebuilt and repainted i have a primus medicay somewhere that i want to get built this month and possibly primed i think i had that one off you i've also got a cure valen conversion as well that i want to do for my 30k iron warriors but that's what i've got on the to-do shelf um what about you what you what, what what have you been doing and what have you got to do on my hobby desk i have started a little bit of a side project because as you guys know a couple of months ago i started project ogre the project ogre was i bought a team of ogres built them undercoated them started painting them i've well i can say that thanks to having to edit this uh, program it's taken me some time and absolute tiredness of being a father i've only gone and done my noblars in primary colors and washes so i got to uh, finish doing that but I have fallen into the trap of new team, new start. So I too bought a Snotling team, Dice and Spike. And I got to be honest, I think the Snotling team is fantastic. And there's loads of character considering they're little shits. And you get 20, so you get more than enough to start a team. And that's including two pump wagons. But I like to have a full roster and I noticed it was trolls. So I decided, with the help of Firestorm Games, to order some Rock Guts Trogoths. So it would be something different and it would be a bit of a standout to the usual trolls that you see with orc teams. So I've built them, I've undercoated them. So I've done like primary colours, a wash on the flesh tones and then I tried the scales to see whether I like the look of them. I've done that. I'm building up the flesh tones again now after the wash and then I can be able to add some washes of blue and try and get it to mix in with the flesh tones which does it so it's a bit of a gradient to the blue rather than a stark flesh tone and there's the blue so i've got another once i've done that i'm happy with it i got another troll to do and then 
I've got the Snotlins, and then after that, I've got to go back to Project Ogre. I got Underworld Denizens as well, and I've started playing some extra Warcry games at the local club, like I said earlier. I've realised I've got one painted, one half-painted Warband. I've got two allies built, one fully painted, one half-painted. I've started building a Corn ally, and I've realised i got about four teams Warbands then that are still in boxes, ready to be painted so i got a lot to send to shaolin chainsaw to paint up because i want to do the snotlings myself but they're going to be a labor of love so i'm gonna to have to try and palm everything else onto him so if you want to keep abreast of the situation with project the snotlin follow us on instagram and twitter where i will end up posting more of the pictures and i think you mirror then you know the stuff onto facebook i do yeah so that is my current goal at the moment because like i said editing takes a little bit of time and then i try and break it up with a bit of painting and then I'm going to have time with the family as well because my little boy is not big on painting at the moment but he likes to be out and about so I like to be out and about with him. Yeah and I think this is the time I should shout out to my wife as well who on our anniversary this year managed to sneak in a tier 3 mug for myself. She went out and got me a special mug like I sit at my hobby desk with it so I want to say thank you to my wife. Going forward now it's going to be a lot more snotlings and I've had the idea I'm going to do them a very different shade to what I wanted to do with the Noblers. I wanted to make the Noblers a darker green to show they are a bit different. But I've decided with the Snotlins, I'm going to go Death Guard green as a base and then make it a bit lighter from there. I'm not quite sure whether I'm going to give them the pink bellies yet. They might just be all green. Yeah, that's how I'm going. And then it's going to be a contrast then between the trolls, which are going to be a mix of Rakarth flesh and Stegadon blue and building up on the different colours from there then. I'll probably darken the base green up a little bit and, and work my way up, I think. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, because I've done the Noblars, a darker green. I wanted something a bit different. And that's my hobby progress for now. Beard, you've said you've got a few 30k, 40k and snotlings to do. If we come back in three months, how much of that do you think you've got, you're got? you going to get done? Do you want me to be optimistic or do you want me to be realistic? Realistic. Realistic. Well, I tried to make a list of all my shit to paint at the start of the year. I had a really good start in January and painted 37 models in January and have barely finished many models after that since. So I have set myself a little goal for the month, for this month, and I'm going to aim quite low and see what happens. So I'm aiming for three Snotlings, a pump wagon, uh, I'm going to aim for three Intercessors for my 30k, and I'm going to aim to have repaired my Fire Raptor. That's probably all I'm going to about. If if I do more, great, because my, my current hobby room I'm using for work at the minute, so I'm trying not to spend my life in there, otherwise I'll start associating doing hobby with work, and yeah, that's never fun so if i can get seven models and a fire raptor repaired ready for undercoating i'll be quite happy with that this month i'm not in any rush i've got a finished snotling team a finished dwarf team i've got a lizard men team that i'm i'm buggering about with just trying to come up with a proof of concept model what about you what, what, what are you hoping to have done this month right realistically end of this month it'll probably just be a troll but we're going to come back a little bit later than a month i'm kind of hoping so that might give me a chance to do a troll another troll and half a snorkeling team as in built i think that's fair can't imagine me getting a lot of green on it because between work editing and trying to fit in hobby around a five-year-old it just doesn't leave me with a lot of time so hopefully by the time we come around next next time it's going to be two trolls and half a snorkeling team so that's it for me and i think that's it from beard that is indeed from me for this this month and guys remember Tier 1 is for winners, Tier 2 is for players, and Legends are born in Tier 3. Good night, God bless. Good night.